0: Hello everyone and welcome to my second Memorized Podcast. Today's topic is going to be about Animal Crossing NPCs. I kinda just want to discuss my opinions on a lot of them and how I feel they can be used in the future, possibly even ponder over some new concepts for NPCs if I have the time. Um, Before you say it, yes I know this is another Animal Crossing podcast, but I swear my channel isn't just going to be about Animal Crossing. I just want to talk about it more while I feel like the topic is still somewhat relevant and I have a lot to say about it still. Before I start as well, I might as well point out that when I mean NPC, I'm talking about special characters, so Tom Nook and Isabel as a few examples. Basically those characters that aren't villagers but my god would I want some of them to live permanently on my island. So, firstly, I want to give an overall statement that pretty much every single NPC in Animal Crossing is borderline amazing. I mean, there are just so many different like, unique characters and creativity, and they all do something different, so no two NPCs seem just like clones of each other. Each one has a different vibe, a different persona, and a different engaging role that brings the Animal Crossing series to life in so many different ways and makes us love it for what it is. And that's honestly why I don't think I could ever pick a favourite NPC, or maybe, but it's just because Animal Crossing would just feel so different even if one of them was taken out. I mean New Horizons took out a load of them, but one can only hope that Nintendo brings them all back. Probably the most impressive thing, for me at least, about the Animal Crossing NPCs is that nearly all of them can be related to someone in real life. This connection really enforces that Animal Crossing charm of relatability and being able to connect with the game and its characters more due to real life links. From this you can end up loving certain NPCs just because you know someone in real life who's exactly like them. Maybe that person is you, in which case you've found your Animal Crossing persona. But this connection with an NPC and link to real life has been there from the beginning, from when a man called Katsuya Iguchi definitely said that wrong, landed a job at Nintendo and consequently had to leave his hometown of Chiba in order to move to the city of Kyoto. Upon arrival, Iguchi worked on several projects, one of the more noticeable ones being the contribution to level design in Super Mario Bros 3. Despite his success at work, Iguchi still felt absent in the form of his previous home and family. In his previous town, he was in a familiar and friendly surroundings where he knew everyone and felt at home whenever he was there. However, as soon as he moved to the big city of Kyoto, he felt isolated and lonely as he didn't know anyone there and left all his family and friends behind. Because of this, he decided to work alongside Tegachi Tezuka, again I definitely pronounced that wrong, in order to produce a game full to the brim with a feeling of family, friendship and community thus recreating some sort of way to remember Iguchi's humble previous life. And that's how Animal Crossing came to be. Fast forward 19 years and the Animal Crossing series is full up with characters bursting with traits that make them all different and special. And while all these special traits might make us hate certain NPCs, it will make them more loved by others. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's an NPC for everyone and what better way to annoy people than to criticise and ridicule their favourite NPC. Well, I say criticise and ridicule, but I feel like there will be a lot more praise for these characters because I genuinely can't think of anyone I truly despise. I guess we'll see what happens as I talk about each character, but if you are hoping for a full on raging rant about a virtual character of a kids game, prepare to be disappointed. The first NPC I want to talk about is arguably the most famous of them all, Tom Nook. He's been in the Animal Crossing limelight since the very first game where he owns a pleasant little store and you have to work to pay off your mortgage for the home Tom Nook provides you in there. Fast forward a few games to New Leaf and Tom Nook has expanded his little side job of providing houses into a full on business called Nook Homes. This is where he offered expansions and exterior decorating for a very modest fee, obviously. Somehow, the Nook Corporation expanded even further to the point where Tom Nook is somehow allowed the resources to provide an entire island, as if he wasn't clearly successful enough. And yet, despite gifting a player with first a house and now a full-on deserted island, Tom is still seen as a greedy businessman who cares about nothing but money. In terms of whether I think Tom Nook is a Saint Arizona, I don't think he's either. I don't know about anyone else, but if someone offered me a house without really the need to pay any mortgage and with no interest, I don't care what condition a house is in, I'm buying that house. Like, the house could look like a rundown prison cell with some sort of dead animal as a centrepiece, and I'd still be happy. Why? Because no one's forcing me to pay for it. Yet there is the argument that you do technically do have to pay off your loan because no one's going to stay in the same jail looking house with of course dead animal corpse for so long without trying to expand it. I mean by then the corpse would kind of be half deteriorated by flies. I hope I haven't put too many of you off your next meal. But anyway, grotesque imagery aside, the job he provides you in the first game while forced upon you without any sort of direct pay teaches the player responsibilities to children who pretty much don't have any. Sure, it may seem boring and dull, especially for what's supposed to be a game, but that sense of satisfaction when you complete your shift for the day is something that stays with you for life, even into the adult world. Not to mention how in the first game, if you go to Tom Nook's store late at night, you can catch him just napping in his store, showing how he really doesn't seem to have his own home and that even in a small town, he still has a determination to work hard and get his business up and running, which he does eventually do as he upgrades his store. So, in a sense, Tom kinda represents the rich businessman of the world, in that he's very affluent and is prone to setting people to work, but pretty much started with nothing. But he's not a typical businessman. By that I mean, he's not stingy or greedy or hungry for money like a stereotypical successful man of business is. Well, not to a certain extent anyway. If anything, he's actually very generous compared to most people. Seen as though, in Happy Home Designer, it shows that he donates about 90% of his earnings to charity, and even has the honour of having a part of the orphanage a few towns over named after him. And the fact that he is very generous, in my opinion, is perfect for Animal Crossing, a series about relatability, but in a more innocent, childlike way. Ignore my last podcast, where I talked about the first game where villagers would verbally toy you to shreds. The relatability of Tomlock comes from his kind of employer or teacher-esque demeanor, where he gives you responsibilities right from the get-go in the first game. Albeit it's not the best person to be linked to, but it still represents an important aspect of real life. But not only does he replicate an interesting group of society, but he also has a very interesting backstory. Let me tell you about the story of Tom Nook. Since he was a young man, Tom Nook has been driven by his passion for success, which one day led him to try and make a name for himself in the big city and leave his dear friends behind, one of which is Sable, which I will talk about later. However, instead of lavishing in the success and living the high life, he quickly learned the hard cruelty of the city, and failed to make any sustainable living from it. He came back to town with nothing but broken determination and a loss of friendship with Sable. A little while later, the events of the first game happen, where you end up in a town which Tonnuk has a small store in. I'm pretty sure you know what happens from there. You know, the whole working for him to pay off your loan, them, paying off your house loan again, and again, and again, and again. so far, Tom Nook's story seems pretty interesting, albeit kind of sad. You know that he failed to make a living, but it gets a bit more interesting. In Happy Home Designer, Tom Nook gives a little reference to even more of his past interactions with Animal Crossing NPCs by mentioning how he once worked with a certain fox, then saying never again mentioning how horrible it was to work with him. Now, I don't think it's a long shot to say this could possibly be Red, who's known for his sly and shady business. Or maybe it's Lyle, who in Wild World offers you life insurance, which is an absolute ripoff, number one, because you can never die in Animal Crossing anyway, and number two, because you're actually forced to buy insurance from him. Yeah, once you start talking to Lyle in Wild World, You have to buy insurance from him and can't leave the conversation without doing so. Or maybe it was just a random shady company Tom Nook worked for where there's no actual reference in the Animal Crossing series. Nonetheless, the story of Tom Nook is a story of ambition, failure and redemption. In terms of my overall thoughts for Tom Nook, I love him. I think he's a fantastic character for the series. I like how, even as he's seen as a greedy, money-grabbing businessman, he's also got a good side to him which a lot of people seemingly don't understand, much like probably a lot of rich people and successful businessmen in real life. In terms of what I'd like him to do in the future, I would really like Tom Nook to keep his role as one of the frontline characters of Animal Crossing, as well as keep his partnership with Timmy and Tommy, who work as Tom's protégés. Ultimately, though, there isn't much I want to alter with Tom Nook, so let's move on to our second NPC. Next up, I want to talk about someone who I mentioned before, and that's Red the Fox. Red is someone that comes with his sketchy-looking boat spewing out an ungodly amount of toxic gas, probably enough to kill everyone on the island. Throughout the entire Animal Crossing series, Red has been in charge of his version of the black market, which he sets up little tents in the plaza or boats near the secret beach to sell your exclusive art pieces, which could either be real or fake. In previous games such as Wild World, you had to get the secret passport by talking to your villagers. This added a bit of a fun puzzle and makes the entrance into his tent more rewarding and exciting, like you just cracked the code for some really secret area for valuable loot. And to be fair, while his tent is kind of sketchy looking, some of the items he offers are legitimate pieces of art. So it really is like cracking the code for some valuable loot. His sketchiness and aura of untrustworthiness comes ironically from his rather premature acceptance from him into his family, calling you his cousin after his first encounter. I mean, imagine if that just happened in real life. You tell someone your name and ask how they're doing and all of a sudden you're just part of their family. Well, apparently that's how Red's family works. Obviously this is just used so you can trust him and buy his artwork as a marketing technique. Whether or not the art you buy from him is real or not is a different story. There are always subtle differences between the real and fake art, such as different facial expressions or glaringly different colours. I mean, seriously, if you don't see the difference between the real and fake scary paintings, then you need something more than just laser eye surgery. I mean, a lot of people like to search for what the real and fake ones look like through Animal Crossing websites. I prefer not to do that, and instead just search what the real life artwork looks like, then compare the differences without really knowing exactly what I'm looking for. Essentially you'd spot the difference, except I don't know if there will be a difference between them. As much as it means I'm prone to being tricked into buying fake art and with my vision it's probably inevitable, it's still fun to go through the process of looking at each art piece separately and trying to spot anything that doesn't look right. Red himself is a perfect character to play the whole sketchy black market part of the game with foxes being an animal associated with slyness and deceit. Not to mention an aspect of Japanese folklore which suggests that both foxes and tanukis are magical animals of deceit who can transform in order to confuse and trick humans. Some stories even mention cooperation between foxes and tanukis, which is what Tom Nook is, by the way, with a lot of others based around fighting against each other, with Foxes actually being described as more evil, while the Tanukis are more prank-loving. Lo and behold, this explains the horrible time Tom Nook had with supposedly Red. Then there's Red's relationship with Lyle, who seemingly worked together at some point in Wild World, where Lyle would try to scam you, and he would talk about Red, and this would determine what day he actually came in. So either it's just a massive coincidence that these two are just separate characters trying to scam you and deprive you of bells, or they are genuinely working together to slowly drain your money away with useless insurance schemes and fraudulent art. The actual future of Red's role I presumed would be to continue his work as a shady dealer of exclusive goods until the summer update came out where he now partakes in a new, more legitimate role as a raffle dealer which can still be seen as yet another rip-off but at least it's a legal one to step in the right direction, I guess. Even still, does this mean Red is going to have a role change in the series? Is he going to get a more legitimate job so he can actually be on the island more often and not in a boat behind it? What kind of work is he going to go into? What if it's a massive plot twist where he decides to work for Tom Nook in an attempt to patch up the broken working relationship, then resulting in a character development story which ends up in Red becoming a very honest and fair businessman and leaving his past self and sketchy tradings behind? I honestly think this would make me love Red so much more than I do now, and trust me, I already love Red. It would kinda represent the message that it's never too late to change your ways and as long as you have the right frame of mind, you can always become a better version of yourself. Maybe he moves to retail and mimics the same role of Tom Nook in Animal Crossing New Leaf. This could even give him a chance to reunite with Lyle, who in Animal Crossing New Leaf was found with a less shady job of working for the Happy Home Academy, or considering foxes are known to be cunning and sneaky, Maybe in future game he ends up working with Booker and Copper at the police station at some sort of detective where the player can work with him to find lost items based on clues the villagers give you. I mean, think of that as a character redemption arc, from selling phony replicas of art illegally to working with the police and contributing to the community of the game. If that doesn't tell you that anyone can redeem themselves, I don't know what will. So in terms of an overall opinion of Red, I love him. I think his character design and concept is great. A fox known for being mischievous and having an agenda against Tanookis whose eyes are just thin lines, so it's hard to read his expression, purely because he hides it so well. I can't wait to see the role he gets in future games and I really hope Nintendo never get rid of him because me and many other people love him. So far the NPCs I've talked about have been very positive in that I've talked a lot about how I love both Tom Nook and Red. And I think this part is already spoiling my thoughts on the next one I want to talk about just slightly. But I'm going to just say it bluntly and that the next NPC is someone that I still like, but I feel like could definitely use some improvement. We all know Isabel. in fact just the sound of her name probably gives people enraging flashbacks of her repeatedly losing her socks in the washing. But before you think I'm going to lament her and rage because of her lacking vocabulary, I want to talk about her role in the first Animal Crossing game she was in, Animal Crossing New Leaf. In New Leaf, Isabel had arguably the biggest role of all NPCs in the game where she acted as the player's secretary, doing most, if not all, the background work to keep the town running smoothly. She organised building construction, started community funding projects, and many other daily activities that went unnoticed. Her appearance mimics someone who is incredibly friendly, welcoming and loyal, but also a bit clumsy and unorganised. This is exactly what the Animal Crossing developers wanted when they first decided to create a secretary character. The loyalty aspect came from the animal she was, a dog, or to be more specific, a shih tzu. I also probably pronounced that wrong. In some of the rough designs for Isabel, she had goofy looking teeth to give that clumsy and forgetful aura, while in other sketches she was designed to be more laid back. Eventually her design was refined to make her look more upbeat and ready to help, then was given her smile to show her appreciation and loyalty towards the mayor, and finally she was given a top knot as a finishing touch. In terms of naming, her Japanese name Shizue originated from her breed. Her English name, however, came from the shape of her head, which resembles a bag of bells. So she's basically named after a pun. Sorry, Isabel. Her inclusion and main role in Animal Crossing New Leaf shot Isabel up to fame as she became one of the most popular figures in Animal Crossing. As Tom Nook took a backseat and resorted to his Nook's homes business, Isabel took the reins and did so greatly as she won over nearly all Animal Crossing players' hearts with her heartwarming smile and non-stop work attitude. So far, all is well for Isabelle's inclusion into the Animal Crossing series, but then New Horizons came out, and her role changed a bit, and so did people's opinions. Isabel's role in Animal Crossing New Horizons is now to sit at her desk every day and give out daily announcements of what should be useful information, but ends up being about some little activity that ultimately means nothing to us. Yes, Isabel. we're happy you found your sock behind the washing machine, but could you just be a bit more responsible and not lose it in the first place? There's only so many times someone can lose their sock in the washing machine without just resorting to traditional wash bowls or forcing someone to do so. I would love to talk more about the job she does, but unfortunately this workaholic dog doesn't really have much work to do. Other than give the player daily announcements, she can reset villager dialogue and outfits by the player complaining to her and give you an island evaluation. So you know how every island is brilliant no matter what? Yeah, Isabel seems to be the opposite of that, in that she really doesn't like a particular number of trees on your island. I mean, as soon as you pass the tree threshold, she drops your island rating down to four stars. Sorry, Scottish Core islands. I think the tree limit was adjusted in an update, but it's still annoying that it's there. Other than that, she comes out of the resident services building for fireworks in August to create custom design fireworks. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to fully utilise the custom fireworks because my entire custom design spots are filled with rocks and dirt paths. And a horse. Don't ask. She also comes out for New Year's Eve to be there during the final countdown for the new year. Other than these days, however, she stays in her little office space giving out daily announcements and critiquing the player's island, thus making fans of Isabella Newleaf think she's now just annoying and a waste of space. It's actually kind of sad to see how such a loved character just becomes so hated because Nintendo seemingly doesn't want to update her dialogue options. It would just be better if she gave some more useful information. Like, which NPC is visiting the island that day, or even what the weather's going to be like. You know, information that is more useful than a completed crossword puzzle. In terms of my opinion for Isabel, well, I was a big defender for Isabel, and I still really liked her, even when I found her dialogue repetitive. I never really called her annoying, because I actually liked and still like the daily announcements. It gave a kind of school like feel during an assembly when the teacher would give out school updates and it's also just a really nice and welcoming way to start the day. Like if your friends or family just say good morning to you in a heartwarming genuine way. But after a while I did end up realising how little I cared about what she actually had to say. I enjoyed seeing her greet me but as soon as I realised there was no campsite villager I just skipped through what she said. So basically, I only cared about seeing her and couldn't care less about what she had to say. Wait, that, that actually makes me sound really shallow. Pretend I didn't say that. You know what I meant anyway. What I'm trying to say is, after that quite poor attempt, is that I actually do like the concept of Isabel giving out daily announcements But they should just be more like the weather instead of just what she randomly does for that day. Or maybe even she just gives you some kind words of encouragement to get you through it. Just something that will have some sort of positive effect on the player that isn't too repetitive. Because that will just get rid of the charm of the messages themselves. She should also just have more activities to do. Because let's be honest, she really doesn't do much at all. I would like to see Isabel being given a role which lets her interact with you and the villagers more. Maybe the game is updated to include ways of organising little villager events where you can do something fun with them. Like when KK Slider comes to your island, you can arrange a mini concert for a specific set of villagers to be there. Possibly even at a specific place of your island, so long as it's big enough. There's also little barbecues that appear in resident services sometimes, so why not use that to arrange little meals when villagers can eat together? This can even be arranged by Isabel, so you just set a date, time and set of villagers and Isabel will go around to invite them. Obviously this will have a positive effect on your villager friendship, so why not expand this further and have a way to see which villagers you have the best friendship with. There could be an option from Isabel which tells you how much of a friend you are to certain villagers, giving you a rough guide to see how far you are from getting a villager photo. Hell, let's just make it even more in depth and have friendship levels between villagers, which Isabel can also check for you. Then, Isabel can even arrange little events to not only make you better friends with your villagers, but also increase friendship between villagers themselves. There could even be a way to decrease villager friendship by leaving them out consistently during mini events so that they start to feel neglected. I'm gonna stop talking about this idea too much because I've swayed quite far off talking about Isabel and this is starting to seem more like my previous podcast. To wrap this segment up, I would love to see Isabel do more work in the kind of villager well-being sector where she takes care of everyone on the island and makes sure everyone is alright to get on well with everyone. Her friendly and welcoming demeanour is perfect for this role too. You've probably realised by now that I haven't actually talked about her backstory at all, but that's because she actually just doesn't have one. Unlike most popular Animal Crossing NPCs, Isabel doesn't actually have any origins or previous experience with any other character. She's kind of just there and appeared out of nowhere. Like, where did she even come from? Who made her the mayor's assistant? How does she know many people like Tom Nook in the first place? Maybe we'll find out in the future, and I really hope we do, because it could make people feel more attached to her, possibly even more relatable. I just wanted to add this little segment in case anyone thought I'd forgotten about her story. Instead, she just doesn't have one. In terms of Isabelle as a whole, I think she's a perfect representative for what Animal Crossing is about. She's caring, gentle, friendly, and sums up the heartwarming feel Animal Crossing has always had. I just think she should be given a better role in New Horizons, one where she isn't just lamented for lacking any vocabulary range or for being useless when she isn't given much work to do in the first place. I'd love to just see her out and enjoying events which she sets up in the first place, giving her the normal hard worker in the background trait from New Leaf, much like a secretary or assistant. Okay, so, 3 NPCs down and 3 that have all been very recognisable characters which most if not all Animal Crossing players know for being very vocal. So let's move on to someone who's a bit more quiet and reserved, like a certain clothes designing hedgehog or set of hedgehogs. Of course I'm referring to the Able sisters, particularly Sable who have been in the game since the original Animal Forest and have a lot of personality and backstory between all three siblings. Each sibling has a completely different vibe, Mabel being the more energetic, vocal shopkeeper, LaBelle being the more reserved and quite modest brand owner, and Sable being the very silent one who goes about her work in the back of the corner. All of them have different personalities that complement each other well as a quaint family business. The first thing I want to go in depth with is the story of the Abel sisters. The story goes that when the sisters were all young their parents unfortunately passed away leaving Sable and Label to provide for the family as Mabel was still pretty much a toddler. One day Sable and Label had a really bad dispute causing Label to storm out of the house and leave the family in hopes of finding success in the big city similar to Tom Nook. And while Tom Nook didn't find much success Label was a bit more fortunate as she was hired by Gracie and worked under her designer brand. This is where she adopted the name LaBelle. So while Label was working for a high-end fashion designer, Sable was forced to work tirelessly making clothes to provide for her and Mabel. Both sides of the family were very grateful for the position they were in but that couldn't make up for the absence they felt from missing their family and being together as a whole. The deep regret of leaving her cherished loved ones behind sat deep within Label's heart, and she really wanted to see her sisters again, as did Sable and Mabel. Thankfully, Sable did enough to make ends meet and opened the store the Able sisters, even though two said that the family weren't even working there. In New Leaf, Label is back to working with her sisters in the accessory sector, meaning at some point between City Folk and New Leaf, Sable and Label made up and forgave each other, and decided to reunite the family after such a long time apart. This can be seen as a really nice story of forgiveness and the effect and importance of having your family and loved ones alongside you. In New Horizons, Label is no longer working with her sisters, suggesting that maybe there still was some tension between her and Sable, perhaps suggesting that Sable hasn't even fully forgiven her for leaving the family behind. Despite this, Label shows signs of going back to her family roots by ditching the name LaBelle and reverting that to her branding and just going by the name Label So, either she's trying to go back to her family roots, or she just has trouble letting go of past experiences. Or both. Even still, the story of the Able Sisters is probably my favourite out of all Animal Crossing NPCs, as it contained real-life important topics, such as the importance of family and the effect of absence and isolation. It also teaches a very important lesson of redemption, and how forgiveness should always be given, much like my predicted or hoped story for Red. So that's the interesting story explained in a very long winded way. Now let's move on to the personalities and what I like about them. Like I said before, I want to focus primarily on Sable, mainly cause she's my favorite Abel sister. Sable's role in Animal Crossing has been very similar for each game Right from the original on the GameCube to the newest on the switch the silent hedgehog has mainly kept her mouth shut and worked on making clothes in the back of the shop while Mabel does all the sales pitching if that doesn't make her seem like an introvert already the only times she'll ever talk to you is when you do it first she will still won't even say that much when you first talk to her in the first few days I mean, I know what it's like to be an introvert, but god damn, that's just having people issues at that point. She doesn't stay like this forever though, as the more you talk to her each day, the more she'll open up and share more of her day about to you. If you're more and more persistent to talk to her each day, eventually she'll give you the story of her family, and in New Horizons, she at some point will give you the wide range of custom patterns to customise your furniture with. This gives you the incentive to keep talking to her and listening to her dialogue each day, knowing there is a reward at the end of it. But not only is the end goal fulfilling, but the journey is too as this is where you find out more about Sable and her personality. While at the start she seemed very hard and reserved and shut out from people, After a few days, she'll open up to reveal her sweet and cheerful characteristics that make her such a beloved character, kinda like an oyster revealing its inner pearl after perceiving to break open the hard outer shell. After talking to Sable each day for roughly two weeks to get everything, I grew so attached to Sable to the point where I still talked to her every day for about another month. Not because I was hoping there was more items to unlock. But just cause I loved Sable. Unlike pretty much any villager in the game, becoming friends with Sable takes a lot of time and effort to remember to talk to her each day. M- maybe not that much effort, but you get the point. And the reward is seeing her reveal her very sweet and friendly side who just loves to talk to you each day and looks forward to the conversations you have with her. This drastic character change is actually very relatable for real-life scenarios, including a certain someone... Me. Like Sable, I am also very introverted and reserved, thus finding it hard to make friends and really allowing myself to open up to others. And I know what you're already thinking, why the hell did you start a podcast where you have to talk into a mic to pretty much anyone on the internet, when you can't even talk to people in real life? Well, to put it simply, I don't know either. But I am, and you're listening to this, so I guess it's working out well for me, and you. Anyway, back to the topic. As much as I am a huge introvert when amongst strangers, I tend to become very open, loud, and kind of obnoxious with friends. I always seem to lack any sort of enthusiasm to talk to people I don't know, but when I'm with friends, I get about as giddy and overbearing as a child on a sugar rush. And Sable, while not bouncing around on the walls and screaming in any sort of excitement like me, is kind of the same in that she becomes a lot more vocal and opens to express her emotions once you become good friends with her and that she can trust you. And as someone who is like this and knows people like this, I can say that it's so, so satisfying to finally be accepted by these types of people as your friends. Well, maybe not me, because I'll still probably take about two days to respond to any of your messages, even if you are my friend, but for anyone else, I'd imagine it is very satisfying and worthwhile to get to know them. You end up becoming incredibly close friends and get to know them really well, all because you had the courage and consistency to talk to them. And this is the same with Sable, who you must have the courage to talk to, and it's all worth it in the end because you end up making really good friends. So in that sense, Sable is very relatable, as I feel like everyone else knows or even is this person. In fact, knowing people like Sable and that I'm a lot like Sable made me way more attached to her. So when I did finally get all the custom design from her to customise my furniture, I didn't even care that much about them because I primarily cared about the attachment to this particular hedgehog. I cared about her backstory, I cared about her family, and I cared about her eagerness to see me and I cared about all these things so much more than just some custom designs. And for a game that has lost some of its attachment to characters through repetitive dialogue, it's nice to see there is still an element of character attachment. So after this quite long rambly summary is the reason why I love Sable. Her job, while initially quite unimportant, ends up being the perfect role for her to reinforce that element of secureness and privacy, but what about her future role? I honestly don't really see her moving anywhere away from her sewing machine, especially considering she never has, but she could. I would love to see the Able Sisters work possibly alongside Kix and merge into one business together. Or maybe they bring back someone called Gracie. I'm sure that's got a ring bell in some people's mind. Even if you haven't played any of the previous Animal Crossing games. And that's because I mentioned her name before. So if you don't remember hearing her. Then you clearly weren't paying attention. <laughs> I'm only joking. The fact that you got this far listening to my obnoxious voice. Is more than I could have asked for. But anyway back on the topic. Gracie, for anyone that doesn't know, is a fashion designer giraffe NPC, who Label worked under when she took on the name LaBelle. In the original Animal Crossing for the GameCube, Gracie would choose a random day of the week to bring her car for you to wash, and if you did a good enough job, she will give you some of her designer clothing as a reward. Basically, she pays you through promotion of her own product for doing a piece of random manual labour. That's like getting a random person to construct your new store and then as a reward you give them a flyer for it. She keeps her car but not the car washing request in Wild World and in City Folk she owns her own luxury store where LaBelle works for her. In New Leaf, Timmy and Tommy's store would have a specific upgrade which included a new top floor decorated with lavish and exquisite items which cost a literal house worth. You know all the bells you gain from the turnips? And did you ever realise after a week you were poor again? Yeah that's cause Gracie's store is the reason why. I would actually really like her back though, cause I really enjoy her character design and I think her personality is great for someone who owns a high end luxury brand full of items that are kinda meh at best and kinda ugly, but are priced like they're made of literal gold. Or just any high-end brand in real life. Anyways, I would really like to see her make a return and possibly sell her designer clothing in the Abel sisters. Possibly even start some sort of rivalry against LaBelle and her brand. At this point, it would become more of a story between Gracie and Label rather than the Abel sisters as a whole. Instead, maybe Sable talks more about her past at some point so we can understand her story better. I mean, we already have a rough idea as to what happened. Again, if you don't know the story, then you clearly wasn't paying attention. But maybe she will show off more of her childhood with maybe her first ever piece of clothing that she made. Or even more of a fond family memory that she has with her sisters. So we can grow to become even more attached to them. Kind of like when your parents show more of their childhood life, including what their parents were like. I have always been attached to Sable because of her amazingly in-depth story, in-depth for a child's game that is, so to have it go even further would make me adore Sable and the Able sisters even more. Obviously, even the Able sisters won't know too much themselves of their parents, but there still would be something left behind reminiscent of them. Perhaps at some point, Sable will show some of their items off to you, so you get a better idea of what their family was really like back in the day when Sable had to do a lot of the work to support Mabel and for a little while Label. I also just want to see Label working alongside her sisters again which she did in New Leaf but then stopped doing so in New Horizons but why? I want to see Label reunited with her family and working together to expand the quaint family business Unless the fact that Label isn't working there could be foreshadowing another twist in the able sisters tale. Maybe in later games, or even in a later update to New Horizons, this will reveal another dispute between the two older sisters, thus resulting in maybe another full separation of the family in future games. If this is the case, then it will actually be really interesting to see where Nintendo goes with this. Will Sable forgive Label even after Label left the family for the second time? What's Label even going to do once she leaves the family again? Will she continue trying to grow her LaBelle brand and try to follow in Gracie's footsteps and become a famous high-end fashion designer? Will this then cause a rivalry between Label and Gracie? And what's going to happen with Sable and Mabel's family business? I'm going to stop now because this is sounding more like the ending of an anime episode. But my point still stands that the story of the Able sisters is already very interesting and can be even more so with the incorporation of new dilemmas and NPC inclusion. As for Sable individually, she's closer or closest to my favourite NPC in Animal Crossing. I don't want to say she's my favourite though cause like I said before I don't think I could ever choose a favourite. She just seems to have a bit of everything, intriguing story, friendships and relationships with other characters, unique roles and rewards and of course that relatability. I honestly can't think of much I'd ever want to change when it comes to Sable, I mean possibly in the future they can give her a different role. But I also just really like the job she has now of quietly going about her day making clothes in the back of the store. And now to end it on the last NPC who deserves to be burnt alongside his dedicated day and activities. <laughs> this is where people who were hoping this would be a rant podcast would hopefully be satisfied. I mean, I say that. this is gonna be less of a rant and more like a five year old trying to ask a high school bully for his lunch money back. Let's get into it anyway. The NPC I want to talk about is none other than Zipper T. Bunny, the nightmarish easter bunny that has been around giving out eggs and items since the Animal Crossing City Folk game and well let's just say I hope he retires soon. In City Folk and New Leaf, Zippo would tell you all about the surprise eggs he has hidden around the town and that each one contains a little surprise. After talking to him a bit more without finding any of the eggs he will mention something called bunny foils or just prize tickets. If you find any of these and give them to Zippo he will reward you with some egg furniture or even his photo if you find a grand prize ticket. That's right if you go around excavating your own town for ages and give the contents to Zippo. he will reward you with a cursed set of items and a picture of his creepily happy expression, so you can be eternally rewarded of the horrors of his mysterious fake bunny. Welcome to Easter! And in New Horizons, the activities don't get much better, as this time you're going around your island still looking for eggs, but it's the bottles which give you the bunny day DIY recipes which you can craft by using the different types of eggs you find. I'm sure anyone who got the game near release remembers the infuriating memories of finding non-stop eggs in the ocean, so I won't bring that up too much in case that brings back a lot of trauma, I don't want to be responsible for people having relapses of constant nightmares from April. In terms of his personality, Zipper is very cheery and excited for bunny day which makes sense considering it's a day about him. Whenever you go up to him, he's always hopping about full of glee while also talking in rhymes to give his dialogue more of a nursery rhyme flow, but there's a stark difference between him when someone is near and far away. When you go up to him, he's skipping and jumping around like an excitable child, but as soon as you go out of his sight, He lets out a depressed sigh and walks around with his head down like an exhausted college student realising they've got an exam in 10 minutes. I know how that feels. Added to this, Zipper has mentioned before how he hates his job and being in his suit, often complaining about how uncomfy it is in New Leaf. I want to draw everyone's attention to what I said a few minutes ago. This one I will excuse people for not remembering. Notice how I describe Zipper as a mysterious fake bunny. Yeah, Zipper gets even creepier when you realize he has a zipper on his back, suggesting that Zipper is just someone in a costume. This gets even more mysterious when you realize there's no suggestion as to who it is, igniting a load of theories as to who could actually be inside the suit. To further reinforce that theory, Zipper is in fact fake, when he repeatedly seems to try and hide away the very obvious giant Zipper in his back. In fact, in one of the first interactions you have with Zipper in New Horizons, he will talk about how he isn't in a suit and that he is the real Zipper T-Bunny. This isn't just something in New Horizons either, it's in fact a recurring theme where in previous games if you go and talk to him from behind, he will turn around and order you to not look at his back, saying it will, quote, ruin the magic. So I think based on what I, everything I've mentioned, we can agree that Zipper is in fact just a character pretending to be a scary looking Easter bunny. So that begs the question, who actually is Zipper? There are multiple theories going around as to who he could be. The fact that he goes by the pronouns he him, suggests that whoever's inside the costume is a boy, but I don't think that's the case today, in all honesty, there's a particular pelican who worked at the post office in previous Animal Crossing games named Phyllis, in New Leaf you could find her in the roost, sometimes where she could mumble to herself about how she hates her job, and her attitude while working is very similar, could Phyllis be Zippity It makes sense in that Phyllis may have hated her job at the post office and thus tried to find a new occupation as Bunny Day Rep, but still hates it and wants to find something she's actually good at and enjoys. It makes even more sense when you realise she isn't even in New Horizons, possibly suggesting that she isn't there as herself because she's committing to this job of coming every year for Bunny Day events. But obviously there are a lot of reasons to suggest this isn't true, mainly because with her rather large beak and general body shape compared to the costume she wouldn't really fit or if she did she'd pretty much have to break her own neck. Also whenever you find Zipper in Newleaf and go to the post office, Phyllis will still be there doing her job. So, unless she's just incredibly quick at taking the outfit off and flying over to the post office just to confuse you and keep the secret, the chances are that she's not really Zipper. So who else could Zipper possibly be? Well, what about another fake bunny called Hopkins? For anyone that didn't know, on the back of Hopkins head lies a cap. Suggesting that Hopkins is some sort of fake inflatable bunny Perhaps Hopkins puts on the zipper costume to hide away his balloon cap not realizing the zipper is way more visible It also works out in that Hopkins is a bunny meaning he is the right size for the suit Albeit it's probably still too big for him and the head seems to be the size and weight of a bowling ball So, based off this, it's perfectly feasible that Hopkins could well be Zipper, but this is purely hypothetical and only shows that there's a possibility. But is there anything that increases the likelihood that Hopkins is our terrifying Easter Bunny mascot? Well, yes there is. Remember how Zipper goes by the pronouns he, him? Well, so does Hopkins. That could just be a massive coincidence. But I also got to mention how Hopkins and Zipper actually share the same birthday. So there is a very good chance that Hopkins is actually Zipper. Again though, there have been proven ways of checking this by seeing if Hopkins is around even during bunny day when Zipper is on the island. And lo and behold, he is. But it's still a core theory which I like because there's actual grounds to base it off. In all honesty though, I kind of just think Zipper is a completely different NPC who is yet to be introduced in the game. If Zipper is to be shown in his real form one day, it's going to be interesting to see who this mysterious figure is, as well as what they're like outside the costume. Or maybe Zipper actually is just real, and the Zipper is just there to scare people and make them question Zipper's existence. I mean, the Bunny Day event is at the same month as April Fool's Day, so maybe Zipper is just pulling the biggest prank of all. All these mysteries coupled with his creepy appearance and overbearing yet fake cheerful demeanour makes for a character who is not only more suitable for Halloween than Easter, but also in my opinion a very fun and unique character. I know I said before this is a character I don't really like, but to a certain extent I do kinda enjoy how scary he is, even when it isn't really suitable for an event supposedly based around having fun and finding eggs around the island. I do definitely think Zipper and the Bunny Day event needs to be hugely changed, but I do also think there is a bit of Zipper which can be fun for some context. Like maybe he does genuinely come back for halloween to scare people and works with Jack to do so. Maybe at some point we get to see the true identity of Zipper who turns out to be a lot like Phyllis. Just someone who's really grumpy and tired of their job still searching for the right career for them. This can lead to the creation of a new character with a lot of potential to fill any sort of role in the series and the reason why can just be that he's still trying to find the career he likes. Basically just island hopping, but for jobs. If we are going off the basis that he is real, and the zipper is just a way of exciting conspiracy theorists, then it could be fun if he ends up working to help Jack in the Halloween event, and a genuinely fun-looking character takes over for Bunny Day. Or maybe it's the bunny villagers on your island that take the reins and host it themselves. Maybe there are eggs hidden around the island which correlate to each different bunny villager you have and you have to give the right type of egg to the right bunny villager in exchange for an item from the bunny day set. And if you don't have any bunny villagers on your island, number one, why? Have you seen the amount of good bunny villagers there are? And number 2, why can't you then just host it yourself? Maybe you have to host your own egg finding event where villagers go scrounging around for them and they give them to you. This can even mean that you have to dress up in your own terrifying bunny outfit and hop around like you've had your 5th coffee of the day, even if you're really not enjoying it. And before you know it, you're now the new zippity bunny! Or maybe you can just get someone else to host bunny day event. Maybe some sort of protégé of Zipper who has enough experience to take charge and host the egg scavenger hunt themselves, but with a more genuine happiness and passion for the event, and not just a seemingly old, tired man. Ultimately, though, I don't hate Zipper. I just hate his job, much like Zipper himself. I told you this wouldn't be much of a rant, didn't I? So five NPCs down and many, many more to go. But I think it's time to end this podcast here because I've been talking for quite a while and I feel like my voice is about to go completely. To sum up all the NPCs I talked about, I love pretty much all of them because they're all so different and unique and all do something different which makes me love them all. No two characters seem to be the same and they can all mimic the same personality and jobs of real life figures, sometimes even people we all know very well. This makes me love the Animal Crossing series so much because it creates a familiar warmth within which no other game has been able to recreate for me. There are many more characters which I could talk about for my next one, so maybe I'll do another podcast about Animal Crossing characters. Let me know if that's something you would like me to talk about. If you got this far, thank you so much for sticking around with me throughout this entire podcast. It means a lot because it shows that you enjoyed listening to me ramble on about a game which you may or may not even play yourself. Then, even if you didn't get this far, but you still decided to listen to part of this, thank you very much for deciding to listen to me in the first place. Again, I really do appreciate it. If you would like to follow me on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, TuneIn, YouTube, I think i got them all, and hopefully by now Spotify and Audible, feel free to do so. It would be greatly appreciated. And with that, I hope you enjoyed listening to my podcast. Hopefully you'll come back to listen to another one. Bye-bye.